Simplified Chaos, Episode 91. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Wonderful friends, welcome to Simplify Chaos. This is Jillian, one of your hosts, and I'm with my husband and co-host, Nicholas. What's going on, folks? Hope you all are having an amazing week. We've got another great episode here for you today. This is a interview episode, and I will be interviewing Jillian. I'm a little nervous. You should be a little bit. I'm coming hard with the questions today. I hope you're coming hard. Oh, Jesus. Well, <laughs> it's good talking to you folks. <laughs> Anyways, no, we've got a, a great episode here for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, distance learning from a school teacher's perspective. I know many of you might be at home going through distance learning and from the parent side. So we're going to get the other side, the, a different perspective today. So I'm excited to ask you some hard-hitting questions about distance learning. But before we dive into that, as always, we'd love to show a little gratitude. So, Jilly, what are you grateful for this week? I am grateful for our little neighborhood walks. Yeah. We took one today, and the leaves are changing colors, and they're falling off the trees, and the temperature is still strikingly warm. Yeah. But it's just, like, just... It was just so, I'm using the word romantic and it sounds silly, but it was just so romantic us all three walking to the park and her just going back and forth like, hold hand, hold my hand, hold my hand. And then her just running in front of us because as soon as you say the word park, it's like go time. Oh yeah. She's ready to go. Well, she does a lot of running anyway. And she's got, she's got that long distance runner kind of stride to it. Like it's a nice (laughs) steady pace. The the arms aren't up, like they're down towards her side (laughs) in a nice relaxed position and she's just going. Yeah. I mean, I was i'm moving kind of slower than than you guys these days because my hip flexor is kind of like doing its own thing but i just stroll and watch you two and it's just like i'm having an out-of-body experience that i sometimes i still can't believe like this is my life and how lucky i am just to be able to do these simple things on autumn nights and walk with my husband and my beautiful toddler and just yeah, I just there's a lot of joy in that. Oh yeah, just that simple act of just walking in a neighborhood, and that's it. I'm grateful for these moments. Very well said. I love it. <laughs> what about you? I'm grateful for our Google Chromecast. Oh yeah. All right. So last night had a little impromptu. It, well, last night was Monday Night Football. The Ravens played the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, not not a good game for the Ravens. Yeah, exposed our defense a little bit, but it was otherwise a a great evening. I was supposed to go over to my buddy's house. Uh, His wife ended up being uh, sick, so we were thinking about doing an outdoor bar that has TVs, but I didn't really know of any, and I'm sure the ones that were open were probably going to be crowded as hell, so I was like, hey, man, why don't you come over? I got an idea. I've got a, a small TV that's in the basement that we, we don't use at all. Uh, we just used it recently because your dad came out and was in town and we set it up in the basement for him because that's where our, our guest bed is. And I was like, let me pull this bad boy upstairs. I've got an extra Chromecast laying around. 
let me put this outside and we we sat and watched the game on the patio last night it was a gorgeous night and you know we wouldn't be able to do that if we had like a box and all that stuff so yeah google chromecast thumbs up yeah it was a pretty sweet setup it was cool just watching you guys like rock in the patio chairs and lucille was like just wanted to sit on you for a bit and watch football yeah quite adorable it's funny like she calls football baseball right now but like football was the first thing that she really recognized on tv and and would say over and over again and anytime she saw it she would yell touchdown (laughs) but it's kind of crazy how a year of different experiences changes her when when you don't have something for a long time and then it's become you know football's become baseball and and she's able to differentiate the sports but like the first thing in her mind right now is baseball just because we've been watching some baseball so yeah yeah all right so Jill, yeah. are, you re- are you ready for this? I was born ready. All right. So again, you know, we want to focus on the teacher's perspective, especially when it comes to distance learning right now. Again, I know a lot of folks right uh, have kids that are learning online, and it's it's different. It's even different than what it was this past spring. And, and you know, what I'd really like to kind of hit on is, you know, what's wor- working well, what's not from your perspective, you know, we'll talk a little bit about expectations, the pros and cons of distance learning, and what the future might have in store for education in general. So to kind of get it started, I wanted to ask you, you know, how has distance learning this year changed as opposed to what you experienced this past spring? Um, well, the past spring was kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> and now it's like, <laughs> it's just all like, right. hey, here we go. Yeah, it's like, we still don't really know what we're doing, but we're going with it. And we, I think there's just more tools and strategies in place to prepare teachers for this year versus before it was like all hands on deck, just do what you can to remain calm and keep the kids calm and be sane. So it was like, just a messy ride in in the beginning, like extremely messy, like, cause you know, life is messy, but this one was just fucking all over the place. But to me, it was nice because I could handle the chaos at a slower pace because I was at home versus Mm -hmm. when you're in a classroom dealing with chaos, it's like you're one person to 27 kids and it's like so stressful, so energy draining because you want to be the person you want to be, but manage kids and teach them and be kind but have boundaries. It's like a lot of fucking things to do in one setting. So I would say right now, um, I'm learning new platforms, which is really cool. So I'm learning about just programs that I've never used before. And now there are expectations for us like, hey, now that you're getting a little bit more comfortable, you know, we kind of expect you guys to use more interactive stuff for the kids. And it's all what's best for them. It's not like we're putting this on you, you know, distressed to to learn all of these things by this time it's kind of like this is what's best for kids it needs to be interactive so you know here are some tools here's how to use them and just like experiment with them so honestly i would say it's still messy but it's more of an organized mess (laughs) and the kids seem a little bit calmer and i think the parents just have swallowed the fact that you know this is what's happening and they see at least the parents that i'm dealing with they're very kind and super flexible with whatever happens and uh yeah so i mean it's still messy but to me it's we're learning how to have fun in the mess that's a great way to describe it (laughs) i like that so you know obviously you guys had a summer to prepare 
for the fall whereas in the spring it was you had some time off and it was really them trying to figure out well how the hell are we going to pull this off for the rest of the year (laughs) and you know i'm sure you had limited instruction on what you were supposed to do in the spring but you know now that you know we got through the summer and you hadn't the the schools pretty much knew i would say probably halfway through the summer that they weren't going back and started making plans for distant learning starting in the fall how would you say that, you know, where were the expectations, you know, and, and how did going into this new school year, what were your expectations and were they realistic? Um, well, the expectations are our curriculum is the same. So it's like the curriculum, they do have what they developed, which is called like a bridging curriculum, which is to kind of bridge some of the skills that they may have missed at the end of last year to kind of like quote unquote, catch up, which Mm -hmm. to me, you know, it is what it is. And I feel like every good teacher just kind of does that automatically. You know, you meet the kids where they are in order to help them get where you want them to go. So the curriculum stayed the same. And I don't know what the fucking state is thinking, but they're still making us take standardized tests. Mm -hmm. Like the kids have taken some tests last week. They're taking some tests this week. I mean, it's the same amount of testing, honestly, that's in the school building. But to me, it's just... I don't see the purpose in it. I, I, I'm i just going to say that. I just don't see the yeah. purpose in it. Like, I want to give things that are, are going to, that are intentionally going to help me know the kid and where they are. And to me, this is just skimming the surface. It's not, it's just one test fits all, which doesn't even match the kids, you know, because every kid learns differently. Every kid shows their learning differently. Mm-hmm. So, those are the, the the kind of the expectations that we're, we're now expected to do that, which is kind of crazy because, you know, trying to manage tests online is kind of interesting. You know, you don't really know if the kids are using stuff to help them, which in the end, to me, that just kind of shows you, like, to me, I think tests should be open books because it's like, now we have access. To me, it's all about how, are the kids able to access the information? Right, like, or right. do they have the tools to learn what they want to learn. So those are the only things that I think I'm really frustrated about. But again, I'm used to it just because this is my second year in a testing grade. So it's not that surprising. But I will say I'm grateful for my principal because I feel like her expectations are literally just do what's best for kids. And I find that I don't feel pressured or stressed to do things that I don't think that are right because she trusts us. So as far as that, I'm feeling pretty grateful about those expectations. I can't speak for other schools on what they're being expected to do, but as far as I go, I'm very grateful that I'm just continuing to do what I think is best for them and connect with them and still give them valuable information, what what I think is realistic to the the time we are now, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. And and you and I have had some conversations, you know, during our walks or when we have our drives and go and and get coffee. And one of the things that I felt was really, I thought was going to be very challenging for students is just the time in front of the screen. You know, they're expected to be on the the computer by 745 at at your school, at least. And then they are done by what? 115, 145, 140. So essentially they've, taken distance learning and trying to still do the same day as if they were in school, which to me is, 
it doesn't seem like it's the right thing to do. I, I know we've done some research on homeschooling and that the average homeschooler is only learning for two and a half hours. So is it realistic to have distance learning with a, a full day like that? So I know the concept, like it seems like a long time. I will say that I feel fortunate that our schedule is constructed so that the way the kids are learning an hour and then they have a break, they're learning an hour, they have a break. So I do like that it's broken up because it is a lot of screen time. If they, I, I've heard some schools, their kids are in front of the computer for like three hours with sometimes 20 minute breaks. And it, it just appalls me. Like my skin like crawls when I hear <laughs> that. I'm like, I can't even do that. Like, and we're essentially big kids, but so I feel grateful that our setup is spaced out, which is nice. Um, so I like that we have the same hours, but we have space to breathe. And I think that's so important. I, I can't imagine. And it's nice because, you know, we have we teach and then we let them break and then we can teach the same lesson and then hear feedback and give them that one on one type, you know, help or guiding them to get something. So I don't mind it just because of our schedule. I really don't mind it. If it was constructed any differently where the kids were in front of a computer for longer periods of time, I think that would be horrific. And I've yeah. heard schools, it, it is that way. But at, And I will say that there is a couple days where I have really long meetings and it's kind of frustrating just because I'm on screen with them and then it's like, oh, I have to go to a teacher meeting and it's on screen too. But again, I've had that flexibility where I can manipulate my schedule to still meet the needs of like three hours plus some change of instruction time but still have my breaks and mm-hmm. kind of contain my mental space. <laughs> yeah. And how many kids do you have in your class, Jill? There, <laughs> Nick, um, <laughs> there are right now 27 kids. 27. Yeah. Do you find it more challenging to, to, to do that online than in person to, to manage 27 kids? Or is it just relatively the same? Oh, my God. It's so less challenging. Is it? Yeah, I think the only thing I would change, and I'm sure my principal would let me do this if I thought it was necessary, is probably do shift learning, where I would take five at a time, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like small groups. Um, Right now, I'm still learning. Like, we have breakout rooms in Zoom, but I can't really do breakout rooms because you can't leave the kids alone in a room. So it's so weird. Like, uh, So I think the only thing that I would change is just do more of a shift learning, where it's like, instead of meeting the kids all at one time for all three sessions, it's kind of like meet with five kids for 20 minutes mm-hmm. with them. And then, wow, that's actually a great idea, Jill. Um, I'm going to write this down. and <laughs> Or just re-listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like, I've been constructing like what needs to change. And right. this would make things a lot more simplified for me and probably for the kids. But no, I will say there's I'm so much happier with distant learning because I don't have to deal with classroom management. Right. Like management looks so different now. It's just really what are the tools I need to make kids learn more efficiently mm-hmm. without, you know, because obviously one size fits all is not what's best, you know. That's what my belief is. I know it happens, but um, now I forgot your question. Oh, you're just talking about managing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That this many is, kids. oh my God. It's like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders because not only if it's, it's like managing kids it's managing their emotions Mm -hmm. and physically physically like the you know what your classroom looks like and how to create space and then just the social aspect there's just so many 
things that the tiny humans have <laughs> that you, <laughs> as one teacher, has to try and peacefully and kindly empathize with, but still guide them and teach them. And, and it's just, it's it's a lot to deal with in one setting. Yeah. So this has been a breath of fresh air. That's awesome. For sure. I, I wasn't sure what your answer was going to be on that, but I mean, that's 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 great to hear. Now, I guess on the, on the other side of the coin is, you know, there is a lot of, you know, instruction with the whole class. What about those students who need maybe some extra attention or, or need maybe some specialized help? How do you go about giving students one-on-one attention? Is that possible? It is possible, and I haven't done it yet. Okay. That is like my next hill that I'm venturing up. Um, and I think just what I just told you, it's kind of funny. I'm glad you did this because now I want to pitch something to my principal about, <laughs> you know, having one of those hour of instructions to like break it off. So that way I can meet with one kids one on one. Cause right now it is, I do it, mm-hmm. but it's in front of everyone else. And luckily I, I don't want to say it's all my doing the kids that I'm working with. We have a great sense of culture where they okay. If I talk about what they're working on or if I notice a mistake or something mm-hmm. that they can grow on. I speak about it one-on-one with my kids on Zoom while the other kids are working and no one seems to mind it. I'll even say, is it okay if I show your work and talk to you? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. So right now I am doing that. It's in front of the whole class and I'm okay. learning that everyone's okay with it. Well, and they're learning too from it too. Mm-hmm. If you're instructing one student, you're, you're doing it in front of everybody else. Everybody else is then seeing, okay, well, maybe I was making that same mistake and I need to go back and check my work and, yeah. and you know, figure it out. That's so true. Now that, now that you say that, so I guess that's one of the great things about if all the kids are on Zoom is that they get to hear feedback from different perspectives for different kids and they could learn from that feedback. And I'm learning from them too. So yeah, yeah I can see that being a pro and a con. So thank you for enlightening <laughs> me. I'm learning a lot in this episode. Thanks, Nick. I got, I'm asking, I told you I was going to ask you the you're, hard questions yeah, here. Yeah, you're really good at it. Uh, and I'm not even asking the questions. I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of going with the conversation now and, and seeing where it's going. I mean, I've got up these other questions written down, but you know, I want to kind of go with that. Um, you know, so how do you ensure that the students are working. I mean, you got 27 students on there. I know when I do a Zoom meeting and there's more than 12 people, it's hard to really see who's doing what and whatnot. But, you know, you have 27 students. How are you ensuring that they're doing their work while you're on with them and when when you're not on with them? So the great thing about having little expectations is that you have little expectations. So <laughs> I'm not like... St- stalking them and constantly like badgering them. Are you doing your work? Are you doing your work? What's really cool about Google Classroom is that I can see them actually doing their work. So it's almost like being in a physical classroom. I can see if they're in the document typing or not typing. And I try to be very cautious about it because I know that I can't be, you know, like, focused in every time someone wants me to it's kind of like you go with the flow i'm feeling in the zone sometimes i'm not feeling in the zone i need a break so i kind of give that kids the flexibility by giving them the whole day to do the assignment so if they don't finish it with me i'm like hey that's homework like no big deal like that that is the expectation if you don't do it it is considered and quote unquote homework um so it behooves them to finish it before uh before the video. Yeah, and I, you know, I do little check-ins. Like the next day, I will write down all the kids who didn't finish. And I'm like, hey, I noticed blank, 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 and blank didn't finish their work. Do you need help? I'm here to help you. So if they finish their work from the previous day, I'm like, hey, why don't we go back and 
fix that or I can help you one-on-one. So there is literally no pressure. I feel like it's just trying to motivate them to keep going, not give up just to know that I'm here to support you. And, you know, they're teaching me. So if they're struggling with something, another kid might actually help them, which is so crazy. It's, I feel like it's even more on point with kids learning from other kids, which I didn't think was possible in the the Zoom setting. Mm -hmm. But when one kid is sharing their struggle, before I even answer, one kid's like, oh, you just do this, this, and this, and this. And they're they're helping them with like the tech support. And it's so cool to see that online learning. That is cool. I didn't think it was possible. I'm like, oh, you know, we don't have that group setting anymore where the kids can learn from each other, but they're learning. It's just in a different manner. So it's like before I even get to say something, it's like, yes, please take the lead. And they're like, well, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, hey, Malik, um, would you mind like if I let you share your screen, you know, you can be my co-host and you can like show the student like and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're so pros about it. It's so cool to see that. So there's still a lot of that co-teaching going on kid to kid wise. It mm-hmm. just it just looks a lot different. So you teach third grade and, and obviously kids are much more technologically savvy than we ever were when we were in third grade. The internet wasn't even invented when I was in third grade. I think it may have been like on the cusp of being rolled out, but you know, how are they managing technology? Are, are, are they dealing with it well? And, and like you said, I know other kids are willing to help out and, and, and whatnot, but how has the, the technology been and, and has there been any challenges with that? I will say the majority of my class seems to be really um, computer literate so far with the programs and they had some exposure to it last spring, which Mm -hmm. is great. There are some kids where you know, you can tell like they're asking their brothers and sisters in the background to help them. So I understand that they're still learning. But the cool thing is that they're learning in the process and, you know, I have my class to help guide them or I guide them and I can, you know, have them share their screen and you you, you can hear the struggle in the beginning, like even having another kid share their screen. They're like, I don't know what to do. And all the other kids are hearing, well, hit this button, hit this button. So, and they're getting faster and faster. So it is cool to see that it's, they're learning rapidly from what, like it's yeah. only been what, I mean, it might be a it's month. It's been a month in. Yeah. yeah. And they're already, you can tell they're having some more confidence in it. Um, but yeah, the only thing that I did notice, which is screen time, and I don't know if this is related to your question, it's just that some of my kids now are being like, my eyes hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, and now I think this is a great opportunity for me to say, fuck the curriculum and for me to go into like eye health and talk about the effects of blue light. And I even like was recommending to parents like blue light glasses. And I I don't want to just blindly say buy these glasses because it's going to help your eyes. Now it's wanting me to dive deep into like, well, let's learn about what the lighting is in the computer and how it affects us, how it affects our brain, our mood. So that way the kids understand like why this is a great tool if we are going to be in the computer and how to use the computer in a way that's, you know, not going to deplete your health. You know, it's fun, but it, you know, also we need that disconnect from it to enjoy the other great things about life. But um, yes, for the most, for the most part, they're probably teaching me more than I'm teaching them when it comes to technology. Let's just say that. That's awesome. Which is really, really fun to be in, to be in that seat, just to learn more than teach. That's great. So... Overall, what do you think is working well with distance learning? Hmm. Um, I feel like it's a much calmer environment for me, which makes me want to be a, which makes me a happier human and happier teacher because it's not so loud. Right. Because I'm that teacher that wants the kids to express themselves and communicate and have fun. Usually when that happens with 27 kids, it gets really loud. 
And I've kind of gotten to the point where I can mute it out, but I will say it is nice to be in our bedroom and it's just super quiet unless the kids are talking, we're having a conversation. <laughs> so I will say my environment, it, it makes me much calmer and less stressed human being. Um, I feel like there's more room now for experimentation. I don't know what it is about the computer. I guess because you have access to everything on your fingertips, I find that I'm... I feel more free to dive into topics that I didn't feel that free before. Mm-hmm. And it's probably also because I'm in my home and I feel comfortable versus I'm in a school where I feel like there's certain expectations and rigid boundaries being in a school building itself. Just, it's almost like, you know, when they say you deliver a baby, you immediately go in the hospital, you know, you feel stressed that you're, you know, the flight or fight uh, mechanisms are going yeah. off in your body because it's you're not comfortable in there. It's rigid and it's, you know, just different and whereas I feel calm and cozy in my room so I feel like I'm feeling more comfortable to explore and try new things and the kids are too like our relationships have been I think happening faster with distant learning because they're in their homes they're feeling super comfy like they're not in a school setting where it's somewhere new a new classroom new kids it's like hey I I could be in my pjs even though it's a rule like they're not supposed to be but they're like (laughs) I'm cozied up in my blanket and I feel really comfortable to just to share all about my life. And, you know, you can see things in the background. So it's like, I'm going to talk to you about my pet hamster that I'm just going to pick up right Right, now and my stuffed animal. So I'm finding that the relationships and the comfort level has exceeded, which I didn't think was going to be a thing. I thought like in person, it was more, you know, which in person I think has its place, but I'm I'm just seeing now that I think my expectations of that relationship building and comfortability is just it's off the charts. Yeah. Um. Oh. This this is pros, right? This is still well. This is uh just what you think seems to be working well. So anything you think is working well. Okay. Um. I feel like I'm less of a therapist now. which is great Um, before I felt like I had to be on demand guidance counselor 24 seven because third graders transitioned hardcore man after second grade. And it's just like social problems, emotional problems, physical problems. And I felt like I had to be on demand a guide to help that so, so often. And it was fucking exhausting. Oh, I'm sure I learned a lot, but I would just come home depleted. And now I feel like I'm not dealing with the social issues so much because I'm not seeing the kids interact with each other as much or being in all these different settings. And so that aspect of it is so amazing. I feel like there's less conflict with the kids overall, which means there's less me having to try and put out fires and guide them to that. Mm. Well, to your point, I mean... And I totally see that. Last year, you would come home exhausted and would be in bed at a certain time. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that same exhaustion this year. Now, I know we're only in the first month, but I I think there's something to it. And I I think that, yeah, when you're in the classroom and there's a lot more interaction going on, in-person interaction, you do have to be more of a therapist because there's a lot more that can happen in a classroom than over, you know, over Zoom. So, So much. Or Google Meet or whatever you guys are using. It's almost like online learning gives me more hands on deck. Like it's like there's a teacher for everyone and I can just breathe and feel okay about it. That (laughs) there's like not things happening behind my back or 
things happening, like conversations in a group that, and I know it's that's part of life, but it's just like because of a conversation that may be out of context with school and then it may lead to someone feeling really upset because they call them something or, you know, it's like I have to go over there and not only teach kids, but also help them to process their feelings, try to guide them towards a solution. So there's a lot of things that I don't have to do anymore involving emotions and chaos and problems. So that is like a breath of fresh air. And I'm also, I mean, I get to be outside more. I don't know about the kids. That's the only thing I think about is that I don't know if the kids get to be outside. Yeah, at least when you were in school, you you were in control of them being outside and when they went outside. So that's the thing that kind of breaks my heart a little bit is that I I can't control that and I don't know. I really don't ask them because I find out if I do know the answer, I might get really sad about it. But I do know that I'm getting more outside time. You're getting Lucille time too. I'm getting Lucille time too. And I get to cook breakfast in the morning. I mean, don't get me wrong. Smoothies are great, but it's really nice to be able to go down, like whip up a couple of eggs and some greens and just sit outside on our patio and eat and not feel rushed to get back to the classroom to do the next thing. So I feel like my life is slower. That's awesome. Which is giving you more energy after work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. So let's, let's look at the other side of the coin coin here. God, if I can talk straight. (laughs) What has been the biggest challenge with distance learning as a teacher? Um, boundaries are still blurry. Mm-hmm. You know, the the home work boundaries, but I'm wondering if that may be a good thing. At first, I thought it was a bad thing that it was difficult to separate personal life and you know, work life, but now I'm finding that I think the two should go together. That mm-hmm. makes me feel like more my authentic self. I know that sounds really cheesy, but I'm finding when I blend more of my home life with work life that the kids are more receptive to it. I'm connecting better with them. Like when I bring Lucille on camera or <laughs> I give a tour and show my family with you guys. Yeah, and yeah, that was fun. I share more of my experiences of what I did on the weekend. I'm finding that I'm building better relationships with the kids mm-hmm. and which in turn is you know, helping them learn even fa- quicker. Like even if they're not as motivated, they're like, you know what? I, I like Miss Kasonic as a person, so I'm going to try it my best when maybe they'd be like, you know what? I'm going to give up. This is too hard. So I'm finding that maybe these blurry boundaries is actually not so much a con. Whereas before I thought it was. Yeah. Um, I truly, truly do miss in-person connection but not all at once. <laughs> so part of me wishes I could see the kids like once a week just to see them one-on-one and have right. a conversation. But so I do miss the in-person time a little bit. I really do. I do get a lot of, I, I feel like I get a lot of their personality on the computer, but it is nice just to see them face to face. I do miss that a bit. Like the whole recess connection time mm-hmm. I miss a little bit. Um, and just the screen time. I, I mean, I feel very grateful again. Our schedule is scattered. I feel like I'm on the computer a little bit longer than I would want to. But again, I feel like the benefits outweigh what yeah. my quote unquote cons are. I feel like a lot of times I, I, I look at it in a different perspective and I can see it in a different light, a more positive light. Mm-hmm. So I won't really say there's a ton of disadvantages. I'm learning the benefits of those struggles that I thought 
That's awesome. Yeah. What would you say is the the biggest challenge for students? You know, I, I know we talked about, mm. you know, your biggest challenges, but what would you say that their biggest challenge is? I don't know, but that's a great lesson for tomorrow. I think that's going to be my warm up. What Ooh. has been the biggest challenge in distant learning? Because I don't even want to begin to express what my, what I'm assuming, because I find that assumptions are usually have to way off. report back on our next episode. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I think they do. I will... Some of the kids don't want to get off Zoom, so I think they miss the kid and kid interaction. Mm, yeah, like they miss yeah. just the random conversations about video games or toys and stuff like that. And I try to give them some time to do that. So I think, from my perspective, it looks like they really miss those conversations of just to talk about whatever they want to talk yeah. about. So now, just reflecting on that, I need to give them some more time to do that. And I'd love yeah. to hear from. You know, our parents out there who listen and, and what they feel like has been the most challenging thing for their kids when it comes to distance learning. And also what have been some of the, the, the benefits? You know, I, I've really I'm curious to, to hear that perspective. Obviously, Lucille is two years old and, and not in school. So we're, we're not you know, we don't understand that side of the the house you know you 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 we're doing this from a, a teacher's perspective so yeah um i'm really curious from a, a parent perspective what what the, that might look like so the last thing i want to ask you jilly oh okay what do you think the future of education looks like oh and this this could go in a lot of different directions but i have my opinions but i'm really curious as to what you think the future of education looks like I think it still involves public schools. I think that more people are going to feel comfortable homeschooling and maybe not be as fearful going that avenue. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping, this is like a hopeful perspective, that there is going to be maybe more flexibility in the way kids are learning in public schools, maybe less rigid curriculum, less expectations, and I'm, I'm seeing now that our schools, because of the COVID situation, they're taking the time to invest in more social and emotional programs, which I think should be in the curriculum already. It should be part of every day. Let's talk about mindset. Let's talk about coping skills. Let's talk about feelings. I think this is something that should be ingrained in the classroom every fucking day because that's part of life. So I do see a bigger shift happening when just talking about our overall mindset and mental health, which is great. So I'm really hoping that those things stay when we do get back in the classroom. Um, I mean, all of the shifts I would like to see, I'm just smaller class sizes, yeah. more support, more real life freedom for the for the teachers just to teach where their kids are what they're interested in so i'm i'm just really hoping honestly for just more freedom in the curriculum less fucking testing amen more parents having confidence that they can do fucking anything if i can homeschool i can do anything and then just i think well i'm, I'm not seeing that there's going to be a bigger appreciation i think just for teachers and parents together i think not one job is easier or harder i think through all of this you know, I've learned that we're all being flexible and patient. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping that maybe even that the teachers and parent connection and community will just be a little bit more kinder to each other just through all of this. I really, really hope like this is my this is my hope in the educational system. Yeah. 
That's great. Did I miss anything? No, no. <laughs> I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, and and I hope the same thing. You know, less curriculum, more creativity, and yeah, I think it kind of goes back to, you know, parents. By the time we get kids back into school, which you know for your district is not until January, they will have been at home with their kids for nine plus months, where seven of those months have been distance learning. And I really feel that parents are realizing that, hey, they can make this work, you know, as long as they're still working from home, if the situation hasn't changed. But even if they are working from home and they may be able to work from home in the future, which will allow them to to homeschool their kids or learn differently. So I, I do think that there will be a hit to the public school system. Could just be. because parents are gonna be like, "Hey, I I can take them out," but you know, it'll be interesting to see how that direction goes. I mean, in the workforce, you know, most people are gonna be working from home even after offices reopen, uh, and and organizations are looking at, at ways to get rid of their space or, or change their lease and downsize the the amount of physical office space that they have because they're seeing that remote working is actually working out very well and productivity is is going up and you know it's just a a very interesting time so i'm very curious to see how that affects you know the the educational side of things yeah and part of me i was thinking about the alternative perspectives like i'm always i feel like i'm always just i don't want to say complaining but just finding flaws in the public education system but now that i think about it there's going to be flaws in any system sure sure there absolutely is to adapt to what's best for you at that time and i like that public education is there for the parents who are like hey this is not my strong suit this is not my strength i really love work i love what i do i love having space for my kids it makes me a happier person Mm -hmm. so i love that that option is there for whenever you're like, I can't do this. This is too much at this moment. I'm going to send my kids to public education. And I don't think that that's bad at all. I think it's just being mindful and conscious of where you are at this moment and just doing what's best for you. I think it's not only for the kid. I think it's for the parent too. I think sometimes we always think, what is best for my kid? Uh, And, you know, we try to create this perfect setting of, oh, Montessori school or, you know, free choice in this. But ultimately, your kid absorbs your energy and if the parents are doing something that they feel forced in or they're not strong in and it stresses them the fuck out then it's like public education is there for that like happy parent happy kid so i think more learning happens at home anyway so i think just doing what's best for your circumstance is ultimately what's best awesome yeah good job jilly oh thanks (laughs) this wasn't too difficult i was probably just building it up a, a little bit more at the beginning than what it really was, but you did an awesome job. Oh, was I being evaluated? Because I don't like grades. By me. I don't like grades well, at I'm all. Well, I'm not giving you a grade. I just said you did an awesome job. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Do you have any resources for our folks today? I do. So one of the people I've been following for a long time, her name is Dr. Shafali. Um, I can put her Instagram handle, but I mean, she has a book called Conscious Parenting Instagram. She has amazing content. I think she's got videos on Facebook too. So that is just someone who I just feel very aligned with when it comes to just interacting with kids, quote unquote, raising kids, you know, just the whole enchilada because um, 
it's really made a huge mindset shift in how I interact and teach and learn and grow, which ultimately makes me a happier human. Yeah. And enchiladas are delicious. And enchiladas are, I just like the the analogy (laughs) enchilada. Wrap it up in an enchilada. That's right. Good stuff. Any other resources? Are you ready to hit up that quote of the day there? I got that quote of the day. And the quote of the day is from Dr. Shafali. I see what you did there. You see what I did there? Yeah. All right, here we go. (laughs) There are two kinds of leaders in the world. Those that lead to be followed by you, waiting for you to show them the path. And those that lead to walk beside you as you ignite your own leadership. Boom. I thought that applied very well. That was awesome. <laughs> and how about that take action challenge? Oh, take action. Um, I think the most important learning is happening at home right now. So whatever you're able to do to connect and learn and grow with your kid and whatever that looks like I and whatever makes you happy, just go with that. Don't feel guilty and just take it day by day, moment by moment. Pivot, change when you need to. That was a really heavy challenge, but that's how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's really loaded. I loaded up that baked potato. All right, you're going to have to let us know how you all are doing with this challenge. That's a that's a, a loaded baked potato, as Jilly likes to say. <laughs> this is really cheesy. Ooh, that goes good in a baked oh, potato. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right, folks, that's going to do it for the nonsense. I mean, this episode today. <laughs> if you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing a review or simply sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation. Conversation leads to action. And action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today. And we will see you again next week. See you all later.